Hey, we're here. We're still recording. I'm Tony Hannity's. And I'm Quentin McKinnon. And Discord's working. That's awesome. <laughs> Hooray, yay. I'm, I'm telling you, dude, things are going up Millhouse. It's it's finally come together. Going going up Millhouse? Isn't that what he says in The Simpsons when Millhouse has flood pants and then it actually floods? And he's like, ah, oh, things are finally going up Millhouse. And he's like stomps through the, the flood water. I have never heard of that before, but then again, I can't remember the last time I watched The Simpsons. Okay. See, I have, like, obscure references that only some people get. Like, that that, that one night that I was uh, in the chat with you and your friends, and I had that Kevin Hart reference, and your friend, that one friend that you had, was like, yeah, I love that part. And like, he's the, he was the, literally the only one in the past, like, four months that knows what I'm referring. And it's awesome that he does. I despise when you try to share a joke with someone and they just look at you clueless. Um, especially yeah. when it's something that you think they'll get. Yeah. And it's not like I'm, I'm angry at the person, but it's just like, oh, now I just look like a fool. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, no, did you see this that, that one bit in the stand-up? No? Okay, well, he so he sets it up this way. Oh, bad man, you just got to see it. You just got to see it. And then when they finally see it, like on YouTube or something, it's like, oh, that that's funny. Okay. okay. I, I don't see how this really pertains to our conversation right now, but okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It was funny. And, and you're just like, it. okay, well, never mind. <laughs> yeah, right. I didn't right. want to share this with you anyway. That actually um, <laughs> kind of, uh, in my opinion, brings up... Uh, one of the first topics that I, that I want to kind of talk to you about, because I feel like you and I have pretty good rapport when it comes to just people in general. Like, we're very um, empathetic, um, compassionate, we're understanding, all those nice, flowy, fluffy words and everything. Um, and we try to make people laugh, hence this this is where it's going and we try to joke with people and sometimes it doesn't go over well but then some people can just be rude um not not just in our work life but you know just just in general and uh i want to ask you like if you could pinpoint one of the most rudest moments that you've personally encountered uh, whether it was directed to you or somebody else that you saw what do, do you remember what that might have been um, one of my personal favorites that immediately comes to mind is the occasional, I haven't gotten this for the last like two years, but, uh, you ruined my child's Christmas when there is a you know, parent trying to buy something on New Year, uh, not New Year's, but Christmas Eve. Um, it is by far my favorite thing when they try to guilt you into doing something extra for them. You ruined my child's Christmas. I, one year, uh, got fed up with it, and when somebody told me, <laughs> I told them, no, you ruined your child's Christmas by waiting till New Year, uh, Christmas Eve. This oh is your God. fault, not mine. What'd they and say? <laughs> they, they were, I think, appalled and at a loss for words, the fact that I could talk back to them, and I think they just left in a huff, but... I didn't feel bad. I mean, no, you're not gonna you're not gonna try to make me feel guilty over something that's not my fault. 
Right. No, that's that's understandable. What about you? God, I I think it wasn't really like work related. Um we were we were in uh in Las Vegas and we were walking from hotel to hotel and as you know the it's you know it's hot it's muggy it's crowded but it wasn't just me and my wife it was me my wife my son and my daughter and the the problem with kids they walk slowly and we have to continuously remind them go quicker go quicker go quicker go quicker like it it got to a point where i was just carrying my daughter like i don't care she it's fine but i'm not going to carry my son who was at the time I think 11 years old. So he's going at an 11-year-old speed. And, um, you know, we're, we're trying to speed up. Like, you know, you can hear us as parents. Hey, you need to hurry up. Move your legs. Let's go. Let's go. Like, you can hear us trying to keep the traffic flowing. We are attempting. And then this lady just walks behind us, kind of pushes me to one side. And then, then... uh I would say gently taps and gently push my son to the left so she can walk on the right. But the point is she touched him with, you know, and it wasn't like, oh, sorry, my mistake. It was like deliberate, hey, get get the hell out of my way. And I don't know if she was drunk or what, but both my wife and I were like, hey, excuse me. And she's like, you guys should, shouldn't even be here in Vegas. Like, what the f***? Oh. Or I'll believe I'll bleep that out. But what the what the f are you doing here? And I I was like, what the? How are you so like mad at the world that you've decided to take it out on complete strangers that you can very clearly hear are already having kind of a hard time and trying to make it work for the rest of people. And when that happened, I was like, I looked at my wife and I said, I can kind of see why you're very short with people and and snippety sometimes because you just you can't expect people to be nice in return because they're just a-holes sometimes. And I think that's uh, I was listening to a podcast talking about the ramifications of rudeness and how it kind of could spread like viruses and I and I, I was wondering, do you think that we're becoming a, a ruder kind of society, especially with like uh, an, an, an anonymity in the, on the internet and things like that? Um, the internet's a whole nother deal, and I'm not going to get into that one. Uh, but in, when it comes to in person, I'd say, I'd say for every good person, there's a bad person. For every bad person, there's a good person because. I still have like really good experiences with people. There still are really nice people, but then again, it might be where I live versus where you live. I've noticed that when I travel to California, people trend to be ruder, especially the closer you get to LA. Sorry. If you live in LA, that's just the experience (laughs) that I've had. Now, even people from LA are, are very aware of their, um, feeling of superiority and, well, I think we can say it sometimes douchiness. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot then, of transplants, you know, people that come from like you know East Coast and go to LA for work or whatever, they're like, oh my god, the 
the, the so much like you know fake plastic smiles everywhere and and so much backstabbing but you got to deal with it because it's the business i'm like man that sucks people in like the northern states maybe like washington i've had really good experiences up there um i do know and you could probably confirm this better that like you don't smile like it's customary to not smile at people in the uk um you know i've never heard that but now that you bring it up i think it kind of depends you know um i don't know like i i think with with uh, certain demographics of people if you smile they're gonna be like okay what the heck do you want but with others um maybe a little bit older than i am it's it's totally fine um as long as you don't have that creepy dead-eyed smile where where you have a smile but then your eyes say i'm staring into your soul if you do that then you're going to be taken to prison or something they're going to throw you in they're going to throw you in the nut house but if you have a genuine smile like hey how's it going it's it's generally okay um i've never had anybody ask me why why i'm smiling when there's no reason to smile or something yeah no i've I think that I've honestly had more interactions with stupid people ah. than I have with rude people. Stupidus, as I call it. <laughs> now, mind you, yeah, like yeah. a lot of people, I, there's, there's two different kinds of people, in my opinion. There's people who are not knowledgeable but wanting to learn. When I define people who are stupid, it's people who are both not knowledgeable and then also don't care to learn even though this directly affects them like someone who owns a smartphone but refuses to learn how to use the smartphone other than launching phone calls text message facebook and that's it so that's more of ignorance though right yeah but yeah i'd lump it together with stupidity because it's it's you're, you're hindering yourself from aiding yourself oh i i right. i need to get over here tell me the directions on how to get here okay well let me just pull it up on your phone i'll just show you on your personal GPS and it can guide you there. Oh, I don't know how to use it. Why? <laughs> um, I had an Uber driver ask me that while his phone was on and the Uber app was open and it was being charged. Hey, do you know how to get to such and such a place? I'm like, don't you have a phone? He's like, yeah, but I can't switch from the screen. Why? <laughs> Why not? Like, there's there's nothing in the Uber app right now that you have to look at, which is not what I said, but it's what I thought. But um, <laughs> incidentally, so you just though, give him directions. Uh, well, I actually didn't know where to go, so I was like, "Well, I I can pull it out on my phone, but I mean, you could do it too, right?" He's like, "No, I I just can't." I'm like, "Okay," so I pulled it out on my phone, and hey, what'd you know? Twenty seconds later, I had the directions. Which it was it was really just like go down the street and make the third left. It wasn't that big of a deal, but still, it was an interesting happen, uh, circumstance. But yeah, that ignorance, that's. Uh, but people are like to be uh, blissfully ignorant, though. You know, there, there, there's such a thing as that. Uh, Whether it's I technology guess. or not, they just like want to go through life, just like oh, I don't know, and I don't care, and I'm here, and. 
I'm gonna go have a hot dog. Like they 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 really just don't give a hoot. Yeah, I remember the worst interaction I've had was I was helping someone set up a uh, gaming console in their house, and I went to show them how to hook it up, uh, so they could know how to hook it up in the future. And they literally told me, "I don't care, just hook it up. I don't need to know that." This is your console. This is your house. You have no one else to rely on. Why? <laughs> I'm going to keep it on forever and ever, and it's never going to shut off. It's like, well, actually it does. <laughs> it's called power saving. Yeah. No, it will that's, shut off. I just, I can't, I can't understand that kind of mentality of like, I refuse to learn something that directly affects me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, you know, a lot of people in our line of work will say, I don't understand computers or I don't understand technology. I'm like, sure, that's that's very true. Um, so, but I don't want you to get discouraged because there's clearly something that you do understand that I don't. Like, do you know how to like fix cars or do you know how to weave or do you know how to, I don't know, do like microbrewery? I've even said that to a customer. Like, do you know how to, like, brew your own beer? He's like, actually, I do. I'm like, well, there you go. I don't know how to do that, and that's freaking cool. I can't go to my Christmas parties and say, hey, check out my new lager. You can. That's awesome. And so with with that trait, you, you have your own coolness and own, own uh, you know, awesomeness. But to further that awesomeness, you can do that on this computer. And I think that that's what, what people just see a bunch of roadblocks and being that not necessarily change is hard. It's just learning seems so like like the end goal seems so far away because I think people think, when it, especially when it comes to technology, that we as the youth are trying to change all the other people into like computer scientists. And that's clearly not the case. Yeah. All I want you to do is hit the pen to the screen and draw a happy face. It's not that hard. You know? Yeah, and that, that's some clarification that needs to be had. It's not like I'm talking about someone who needs to learn to do technical support for themselves. I don't expect anyone to have to do that. But I'm talking about just basic functionality, just basic knowledge of the device or the task that you're doing. You should know at least some basic knowledge. It's like um, the best example I can give is... A few years ago, uh, some company brought out an auto-tuning guitar, and you would just strum the strings, and it would auto-tighten and loosen the strings to the point where you needed it for the tuning that you needed. And I've always said you should know how to tune a guitar yourself before getting a guitar that would do it for you. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody needs to have just basic life skills, and I think that's where, like, the older generation I agree with, that the older generation, they pass down certain traits and certain skill sets that we as the new youth, uh, so to speak, we just don't have, um, maybe because we are lazy, uh, but then because of that, we also don't teach that to our youth, like my kids. So, like, for example, I know how to change, like, a tire if I really need to, but I didn't know that like 10 years ago. And, you know, uh, incidentally, my wife did. And when we had a flat, she's the one that changed the tire, not me. And then the policeman who stopped to make sure that we're okay 
made me feel less than a man, but hey, I don't care. We have a, a, someone who can fix a tire. That's all that matters. But it's one of those things that, like, my father didn't teach me how to change my oil. He didn't teach me how to change my spark plugs. And those are, you know, some would say basic life life lessons. Um, you know, fixing a clog in the toilet, uh, fixing a pipe, a, le- a leaky sink or something like that. I mean, these are all things that, you know, the quote-unquote handyman of the house would know. And I'm not that guy. But what I am, and I, what you are, and maybe more, is the tech guy. And that's great. And it's also very frustrating because every holiday, every get get together, every birthday, like, oh, Tony, you're here. Good. Can you fix my phone? Like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I'm, I, I have a half a piece of cake in my mouth and you're trying to. OK, maybe not a half a piece, <laughs> but I have cake in my mouth. And you're trying to get me to, to do tech support. Are you serious? Like, did you just wait to see me because you knew that you would see me? Or did this literally just happen right now? And you're like trying to figure out why your phone doesn't do what you want it to do. And by the way, everybody out there, generally speaking, if your phone is doing something you don't want it to do, do the IT crowd thing, switch it off and switch it back on should be okay. Yeah, that's the basic fix for you. (laughs) Even with bodies. So with all the PUBG that I've been playing, I recently got back into a game that I haven't played for probably three years i'd say and which game is that grand theft auto (laughs) five so that's a by this this uh, today's name that's kind of a that's an old game yeah it came out uh Um, well the 360 version came out in 2013 okay yeah so that's five years old i mean at least we're at the most. Most, yeah. It came out late late 2013, yeah. so we're working on its fifth year right now. But yeah. I got to say, with all the updates that they've done to the game, and I'm not talking just like graphics or anything, because I don't think they've done much with that. But I don't think so either. With all the, like, the content updates, the game still holds its own five years later. So are, are these updates, are they expansions to missions and the campaign? Or is it purely just for online multiplayer missions? Or uh, purely online. Uh, there's no no purely updates online. to the campaign, okay. which kind of makes me sad because the campaign was amazing. Now, mind you, little asterisk, it is a very much adult campaign. If there are kids listening or anything, this is not a game for you. But one day, I encourage you to play it when you get old enough. Yeah, 17 or under or whatever the legal age is to play games that are mature rated in your particular country of origin. Now, what makes the updated multiplayer missions and stuff so enthralling? Because I I, uh, heard that now Grand Theft Auto has its own kind of battle royale um, option for gaming as well, too. (laughs) No, does it? I haven't seen that. Um, For Grand Theft Auto, I'm more interested in the... uh... It's called PVE, player versus environment. Um, it basically means you're not playing against other players, you're playing against the computer. Uh, for that game, I enjoy that. I don't really want to play against other players unless they're my friends. And then we'll do like some friendly races or whatever, and those are really fun. But not really what I'm interested in. So it's still playing against a computer, but it's not like your standard multiplayer where it's it's other people that are 
trying to fight against you, like a deathmatch kind of thing. I mean, you can do that. There is that option, but there's... That's the thing. There's a lot to do in that game. There's heists. There's uh, killing other players, racing other players, hunting other players, all sorts of stuff. So in the PvE option, you know, player versus environment... Um, what is the environment that you're you're up against? Like the last night or two a few nights ago when you were online with with your friends and I was playing PUBG by myself and you were playing uh, GTA with them. I was listening to you guys and it kind of sounded like you were on a mission of some sort. But um, what do you get out of this mission if you are successful? Is it just more money to buy more money more to buy more things? But what to answer your question though is there is an interesting aspect to their missions where some of them are mixed PvP, PvE, player versus player, player versus environment, oh. where you're maybe, uh-huh. let's say, delivering a package from one place to another, and as you go, there's going to be AI helicopters that come and try to shoot you, but you're still in the world with other players, and they can come and try to shoot you and steal the package that you're trying to deliver. Interesting. That's kind of that's kind of cool because I, I think what some critics might claim is you know if it's AI or a computer bot that it is um, uh, predictable. You know you, you know it's going to pop up around this corner because it always does every time. And generally that's that's the problem or quote unquote problem with campaigns because well in campaigns it's always it's always going to pop up around the corner. Does that happen in these missions online, or is it a little bit more random, so it's a little bit more exciting every time? It seems to be a little bit more random, but then again, okay, I don't think we've played enough in order to just know when something's going to happen. So this game's like five years old. We, we've already determined. You probably finished the campaign five years twice. ago. And did you... Okay, Mr. Big Shot, twice, fine, be that way. <laughs> um, did, did you did you play uh, multiplayer back then with all the shark cards and all the missions and everything? Or did you only just start doing that now? Uh, I played... And why such an old uh, game? I played a little bit uh, back then, mm-hmm. but really just to try it out, just to get a feel for it. Um, I don't even think the shark card, which are the paid, like pay-to-win, basically, uh, cards. But I don't think we even had those back then. I'm trying to think when those were introduced. But I don't know. It just... Uh, I always wanted to have like a crew to go on Grand Theft Auto Online with, and it is a lot of fun. But at the time, I didn't have my clan or anything, so... It's not that fun solo. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. It is not that fun solo. People try to grief you and blow you up when you're just trying to cruise along the road. And it, yeah, it's just not fun. I think I've mentioned this to you before, but one of the YouTube channels that I used to follow was a Grand Theft Auto server, which was clearly on the computer because he was doing things you I don't think you can ever do on a console, but it was a it was a server in which that it was um, uh, basically like you were acting as if it was your oh, role playing server. So you, 
Role play. Thank you. Do they have that on console, or is that only on, um, only oh, on? I'm PC? sure there's a role play server somewhere. I'm sure if you wanted to get into it, you could find the group of people that stay serious about it. Because I really like that idea. Um, the one that I followed is Eli, the co- the sheriff, who apparently is a real sheriff in real life, and he's a sheriff in the video game. And I don't know. It, it, it was just. It's just very interesting, and the, the amount of dedication that people have to uh, to their character and their role is uh, is, is pretty pretty astounding. I but I mean, the main reason why you wanted to bring this up though is is old games that will stick around. So this is an old game that will stick around and will probably come back. You 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 might quit playing it for a while to play, you know, Titanfall or. Or Sea of Thieves eventually, and maybe something else. But maybe you'll come back. So is, is there any other games that you feel that will withstand the test of time that um, you'll want to rekindle the, f- the flame and fire for? Or I mean, personally, one of my one of my personal favorite old games that I wish I could still play today was uh, Tron 2.0. Uh, I can't really speak for the campaign because I can't remember it that well, but I remember it having the light cycles game mode and it was a blast i remember putting a stupid amount of hours into light cycles with my friends online at the time um and i'd love to do that again but that would require finding at least like four to five people who also have pcs who also have or are willing to buy the game and who are also willing to mod the game to get it to work in today's standards. So what, what do you think in your opinion, your uh, professional opinion, if you will, like keeps the game around for a long time? Is it just, is it, uh, is it, is it because companies like rockstar, even though a game is really old that they will continue to update it with new missions and it's it's exciting to see what what the what they have that's new, or does it have to do with just kind of in, in, enjoying the the style of of gameplay, of like PVE, you know, versus like your your standard deathmatch that you can get in pretty much any multiplayer uh, FPS game. You know, it'd have to be like content for one. Obviously, you know, that's an easy one. If you're constantly throwing stuff at your game five years later, it's still gonna be good. The other thing I would say is like look at mm-hmm. the the graphics of Grand Theft Auto V running on you know a, a current gen console. Even for this many years out of release, it still looks really good. It still holds really well even to today's standards. Like Grand Theft Auto, for example, you look at it and it just it's gorgeous and it's still gorgeous even though it came out several years ago. Um, look at the light cycles for Tron. It, I mean, Tron has that simplistic art style that's very minimalist, right? It still holds up because of that. It doesn't look, you know, pixelated, grainy, bad. It still looks really good. It still plays really well. That's another thing is the game needs to run really well. It needs to still hold up to today's standards in terms of like controls and gameplay. Do you think with the upcoming Red Dead Redemption 2 from the same uh, 
developer of Rockstar, do you think that you'll uh, give up GTA Five for something new and something uh, a little bit different, or do you think you'll always like go back to GTA? Um, I'm probably would lean a little closer to Grand Theft Auto because I like more modern games, the Western aspect. I never played uh, Red Dead Redemption 1, and I'm kind of okay with that. It's not something that, like, interests me. It's not something that, you know, I'm driven to go play. I've heard really good things. I don't, right. you know, think bad of the game by any means, but if I were to pick up Red Dead Redemption 2, I don't think it would be the end-all, like, Titanfall 2 or... Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is right now, where it's just something I want to play right. day in, day out. So, in in in, in the in the in the realm of games that last, obviously for you, GTA is one of them. Is there any other one that you, you know, no matter what year it is, that you at least pick it up to play maybe for like a few hours a week, and then put it back down for. Uh, for safekeeping, and then come back a number of years later to pick it up again, because I have one. In, one well, let's in hear yours, because I'm still thinking. <laughs> well, for me, it's got to be Skate Three. Now, I'm not. I'm not like immensely amazing at Skate Three. I I definitely know that there are tricks in in the uh, in the in that game, uh, skateboard tricks in that game that I don't even know how to do. But sometimes I pull them off, but I don't know how I did it. Uh, but it's still it's just so much fun. And although I've been to pretty much every corner of that map and um, I don't pay for online because I think with that particular game, you have to pay extra, which is annoying because um, it keeps on it, it keeps on airing out on me when I try to go online. But uh, I mean, for what it is, it's just, you know, if I've got nothing be- better to do, I'll throw that game on. And I'll just skate around and and try to complete lines and try to beat beat records, beat my score, record them, you know, throw them up on Mixer when Mixer wants to to uh, to be friendly with me, which is not being friendly with <laughs> me right now. And uh, yeah, I mean, my uh, my the the running joke is I'll go to well, it's not even really a joke; it's the truth. Like even for my day job, when I'm out demoing the Xbox, if there's nothing else going on, I'm supposed to be playing, you know, like uh, not well, Sea of Thieves sometimes, or or definitely Forza or Cuphead. If no one else is around, I'll I'll switch over to an Xbox 360 game that has been updated to 4K and HDR, and play it on my Xbox One X, and it's awesome. It's just so cool. I don't know. Yeah, the the one game that comes to mind immediately is uh, Call of Duty Ghosts. Yeah, it came out in 2013, and it's not that old of a title, and a lot of people would say it wasn't that good, but there was a extinction mode, which was player versus aliens, and it was a ton of fun. I loved it to death. A lot of people didn't like it because it was like, oh, it's not zombies, it's not Call of Duty zombies, but... It was its own thing. It was original. It was different. And I loved it to death. It was so much fun. There was progression. You could complete missions instead of the regular zombies thing where it's like just 
last until you die. Right. It, it was just so much fun, and I'm so sad that they stopped doing the extinction mode. But, yeah, I, I still go back to it every now and then, trying to finish up the couple achievements that I'm missing. Uh, one day I'll get them. One day. There's a little little uh, production company out there in Utah that will take uh, AAA, well, maybe not AAA, but, you know, uh, movies, regular, you know, silver, silver screen movies uh, like Black Panther or, 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 or uh, something as simple as, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, but then something a little bit more raunchy um, like, I, I don't know, like Moulin Rouge, for example, and they'll splice it up to make it cleaner for a cleaner um, and moral household. And I didn't want to bring this up because I thought maybe it might be too close to home to you and maybe you have your own like uh, reservations about how I feel about it, but you had your own thoughts about this whole this whole clean uh, you know movie editing and I just want to see what you see what you thought. Well, first of all, I'll say it's not just in Utah. Like, there's a few of these companies spread out through, like, the Midwest. Um, I'm not a fan, personally. I, I'm i a real person of, like, it's all or nothing. Like, if you are going to watch a movie, watch the whole movie. Don't, you know, have it edited to make it so you can just watch the movie. And I always think it's funny about these companies that, take the movies and take out all the bad parts. Cause I think of movies like Deadpool and I'm like, it's going to be like 30 seconds long of just like, ah, here's the intro and here's the outro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I don't know. It's just, I'm not a fan of, I'm, I mean, I'm not a creator by any means, but like I, if I think about myself in that creative aspect of if I created something really big and someone snipped parts of it out so certain people could, could enjoy it, I don't think I'd be a big fan. I don't think I'd be like, yeah, go ahead, you know, cut out all these, what I would deem as key important parts just so a minor audience can, you know, feel better about themselves. Right. Well, I mean, it's this is a form of censorship, right? They've already been talked talked to by the government, and and obviously movie production companies have have sent them like cease and desist letters, saying quit messing around with our movie. Like we have cut everything, and it's all on the cutting room floor, so to speak. You don't have to do anything else. If you do not want your kids watching this movie, don't buy the movie. It's 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 pretty it's pretty like clear cut. But I think from I understand why um, to a degree of like why these these pseudo like uh, editing companies, if you will, um, are are doing this because, you know, if if you have and I and, and the reason why I didn't want to get too much into it, because I think part of it is driven by religion, because one of the documentaries that I watched, they were very very conservative uh, Christians and they felt like some of these movies were infringing on their ideals, but they also understood that their kids can't be separated from pop culture. So they did it for their kids. 
and then their kids par- uh, their kids friends parents if you can follow that were like hey that's awesome can you do it to these other movies that my kids want to watch but I don't want them to see the sex scenes or I don't want them to hear the swear words and stuff so I understand that and especially being a father um but I feel like if you hinder your kids or hinder your community from being exposed to these sorts of things, even though it's Hollywoodized, it's also kind of real life. So if you don't go through your whole life hearing bad words and what whatnot, because you know if if, if you're watching. Reservoir Dogs, and the guy doesn't say the F word, he says frick or something, and that becomes a social norm for you, and you go out into the real world, I mean, it's going to be a huge cultural shock. Well, what about you as a content creator? I mean, you make a lot of stuff on YouTube and stuff like that, so how would you feel if someone took your videos um, and put them somewhere where you're, you know, you're still making the money, but your videos are being cut down because the one thing I will say is like, it's a form of censorship, but I don't want to put it in censorship entirely because censorship sounds like someone's doing it for you and saying, this is what you need to see enforcing it upon you. Whereas this is someone saying optionally, I want to cut these things out. I am choosing to cut these things out myself rather than someone deciding for me. Right. I mean, the the one problem that I have from a content creator standpoint is that, well, first off, you're also a creator. So don't say you're not a creator. You're a creator. You guys got to watch this video he did, which you can't watch because it's work-related, but it's really awesome. So you're a creator. Shut up. You're a creator. Now, back to me. I'm a creator. <laughs> um, the <laughs> um, That was narcissistic. The, um, the, the, the problem that I have is I think it is – um, a, a, a form of censorship, but also I don't think that the the creators are actually getting paid. Like I don't know how it works exactly, and maybe that's how uh, they're uh, able to stay in business now because they're they're basically telling you know Fox, uh, Columbia Pictures, or whatever will still give you a cut of all the sales. I don't know if that's the case, but what it used to be was. Hey, we'll buy this movie just like you would buy it at, you know, uh, Tower Records and Virgin Megastore. I don't know who sells movies anymore, but those are stores that used to exist. You buy them there and then you would just use a DVD copier and an editing program and then you would cut your own DVDs and the buck would stop there. Whatever money that that would cost to, to sell, you would recoup all the profits and then they wouldn't. I don't think that they would redistribute the profits back to like Columbia or back to Sony, which I realize is the same company, or or back to like New Line Cinema or or Paramount. Like I don't think like at the end of the quarter or at the end of the month they cut them a check and says here's four hundred dollars that we owe you in some way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, I so that so that's one of the big issues that I have is, um, I I don't know is it even a form of piracy at that point. Well, let's just say in this scenario that you, you as the content creator, are getting paid. Okay. Do I still? How do I? How do I? How do I feel about it? I yeah. feel insulted. I, I I would feel insulted. Like, um, I I would feel like, 
even though it is a small margin of people that are are doing this and enjoying the content for an edited version of it, I would feel like uh, they're trying to like up one me or upstage me. It it would it would hurt my pride. That that's for sure. Now, granted, as I said, it's it's a very small community uh in the in the grand scheme of things that's sharing these edited versions and and whatnot but uh it's still mine right and and I, and I go I go back to you know it it's one thing if you just like like uh rock music or rap music how there's the clean version and like like a radio edit version and then there's the explicit version Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, you're not like removing huge parts of the song. Uh, Rage Against Machine. There's one song that I know that they they completely cut out the um, the bridge at the end of it because it's just Zach De La Rocca saying "F you, I don't do what you tell me," and he just says it over and over and again for about thirty seconds. Um, so I understand that from a radio edit standpoint, but the vast part of the rest of the, the, uh, rest of the song is still like listenable. When, when I was l- watching certain movies being edited down, it was going to the, it was going to the part where even the plot line was getting affected. Like it was no, like, like subplots were being broken. And the whole point, okay, maybe not the whole point, but one of the big, uh, big things about movies is that it's not just linear. There's all these intertwined kind of, you know, things going on, just like real life. And if you take one of those things away, it lessens the amount of effort and it lessens the message of the movie, whatever that message might be. It might be, you know, it might be, uh, something like, you know, uh, I don't want to offend anybody, but it might be something like that, that everybody can agree upon, you know, like, like kill, kill the terrorists. It might be kill all the terrorists, the terrible people. That might be it. But if, but if there's something in there, uh, that, that is, uh, removed because it's deemed to be, uh, too dirty, raunchy, uh, or just too explicit, that might, that might change the message. So what would be better? Like, do you think it'd be better if they partnered with the people making these movies and tried to work with them about making these versions? I think the problem is that people don't understand the freedom that they have as as humans and within and having the the free will to make their own decisions. Like the the whole the whole thing with when I. And mind you, I'm going off of uh, anecdotal evidence as well as one documentary. So I'm no expert on this. Um, but as a parent, when it comes to things like me playing Grand Theft Auto in front of my kids, I can do that. I can shoot people in the head. My daughter's sitting right next to me, you know, or not Grand Theft Auto Five, um, PUBG, sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to get you excited, Quentin. I don't have Grand Theft Auto Five yet, um, but I'm playing <laughs> <And> PUBG. Also, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm playing PUBG, and I'm trying to shoot people in the head. And my 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 almost six year old daughter is like, 
is that person trying to kill you? I'm like, yeah, and I'm trying to kill him. Like, I can have these conversations with her because she knows the buck ends there. She knows that when I when I turn the game off, I'm not going into my closet grabbing my AR-15. It's like, all right, I'm going to work now. Like, that's not what I do. Like, she she knows the the limits of of, of these video games, and she also knows the limits of of movies. She knows. Even at five years old, because we've explained to her that people are not pirates. People are not, you know, they're they're not all evil people. Um, this is just entertainment, kind of like those other YouTube videos that you watch. But instead of, you know, cute little monsters or furry creatures and in, car- in cartoons, this is this it's just it's real people, and she gets that. I know she gets that because because she. It, because she knows uh, she, she always asks questions. She's always inquisitive. Can this actually happen? Like, yeah, probably not. You know, you, you're, you're probably not going to see this ever happen in your life. But if it does, you know, make sure you tell an adult or something like to that. Like there, there's we always have an open conversation. We don't want to shelter her. Same thing with my son, who's 13. We don't shelter him with sex because he's 13 and we've had the conversation with him. And he's 13 with a phone. We know what he's doing. We're not dumb. So we have a conversation <laughs> with him. We have a conversation with him every once in a while. It's like, hey, by the way, I noticed that you tried to go to this website and it was blocked on Microsoft Edge. Ha ha. But FYI, you know that's not how you really treat a woman. Or if you're into it, that's not how you really treat a man. It's just, you know, it's just entertainment. And he gets it. And... And I, I think that people need to be able to have this open conversation because it 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 shows that you're gonna trust your kid more. And it, it, it's it's kind of like the whole uh, the whole Footloose thing, the, um, where you know they, they they the did you ever watch Footloose? Where nope. they wouldn't uh, <laughs> they wouldn't allow dancing in this midwestern town. They said it was like the work of the devil. It's kind of like that. Like these kids are just having fun, you know. It's doesn't dancing doesn't always lead to sex. I mean, maybe in this case in the movie it did, but whatever. But you know, watching violent movies and playing violent video games doesn't always lead to sex and violence and drugs and stuff. There's no discernible evidence. There's been studies on both sides of the coin, and a lot of the unbiased studies prove uh, prove that there is no proof. There's no conclusive evidence to say. That if you're playing violent or watching violent stuff or sexually explicit stuff, that it's always going to or it's more likely to make you a lewd person or a more violent person. So I don't I don't see like why people would go through the trouble of editing all this stuff instead of just sitting your kid down saying, okay, if you want to watch Terminator, you're going to see all this blood and guts. This is what's going to happen. Or if you want to watch... Eyes Wide Shut, that Stanley Kubrick movie, you're going to see some weird sex stuff. Most people don't do that. It's just the <laughs> it's just Stanley Kubrick. He's a weird filmmaker. Okay. You know, you just have that conversation or you don't watch it. Either one. Yeah, there's always that option too of just you're not old enough. Please wait. Yeah, that's kind of why we have an MPAA, which I get it. It's not always right, fine, but you just have to be responsible adults. That's all it takes.
Awesome, dude. Well, thank you again for recording. And if you were expecting an episode last week, we're really sorry, but life happened. Um, you know how it is. But uh, yeah, we'll try to keep on track from here on out. Uh, Quentin, how can people follow you and find you and uh, and stuff? On Xbox and Twitter at Firewall. As for me, you can find me on Xbox, last name, Twitter, Lazy Tech Tony, and all my other links are going to be found in the podcast description over to your right, your left, below. I'm not sure, depending on the podcast catcher that you're using. Uh, but in any event, you can actually follow both of us on uh, Twitter in a, in a few days. So if you just look up Still Recording Podcast, one word, we should be there. Uh, I want to try to get the Twitter account. And I'm hoping that we get two followers by the end of the week. So hopefully that will be you. <laughs> Actually, the two followers cannot include Quentin nor eyes because that, that would be that would be cheating. There but you yeah, go. We'll go ahead and aim for that. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one. Bye.